T-Bird is back again. We have got another good one for you. The winner of Survivor China will join us, Todd Herzog. And here is uh, the woman who uh, rounds up the survivors every time we get together. Here is the great T-Bird Cooper. Hey, Rob. T-Bird. T-Bird, how are you? I'm doing really, really good. Thank you for asking. How are you? How's your week been? How was the countdown with you watching Survivor season? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be... No, the countdown is going great. Countdown is going great. You're going to be having a week for quite a while watching Survivor season every week. Yeah, hopefully not like this one, but uh, it's been a uh, great time to get back together with you, T-Bird. Last week, we were able to sync things up with our top... 40 season countdown. We talked with Holly Hoffman coming off of watching season, the 34th best season of Survivor, Nicaragua. Uh, this week I talked about the 33rd best season, Survivor Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. But, uh, today we're, we're not talking to Ben Drebergen today. We're talking to Todd Herzog. Yeah. And I thought, you know, we could try to wait until China comes for your top 40, but I think China's going to be a while. Yeah. I think it's going to be so, a while. And maybe we'll talk to somebody else from, yeah. uh, Survivor China. Oh, God, this cast, Survivor China cast, these 16 players are, I, I mean, I've been looking at them and reading about them all week. What a great, great cast. It's a wonderful cast. And you know what? Actually, I had reached out to Todd for season one of Talking with T-Bird, and he was so generous and kind to say, T-Bird, no, I mean, I'm just not really doing any interviews right now, but he actually reached back out to me what, about a year, year and a half? It's been a while. And said, you know, people have mentioned about us, about me coming on talking with T-Bird. I'd really like to do it. And so we have been wanting Todd for a while, but we've got him today. Yes. Okay. T-Bird, how's your week been? It's been good. Yes. Been good. Yeah. Everything's good. Weather's, weather's breaking. The weather's been fantastic. So able to get out. I actually got in the mail today, even though um, it's a Sunday. I got my custom um pop funky pop yes that that todd made for me and it is so cute we'll talk about that with todd later but yeah it's been a great week yes did you have to request it or he just made it and sent it to you yeah i requested it yes okay i had i had seen one that he had made for somebody else i think he said somebody had ordered a t-bird um funky pop mm-hmm. funko pop and i'm not sure why they did but then i thought hey i might need to have one of those Yes. So, and what will you do you. with it? Will you will you give it to your husband or your kids? <laughs> well, what do you think? Yeah, it'll just go in your collection in your yeah. T Bird Museum? Yeah. It'll just go in the T Bird Museum because right now the kids and everybody else, they're just gonna be getting the talking with T Bird T shirts now. Mm. <laughs> okay. Happy birthday. Merry Christmas, guys. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, here's more talking with T Bird merch for you. Yeah, enjoy. Okay. All right. Um 
We're going to get to Todd. Very excited to catch up with him. It's been a minute since I had Todd on the podcast, so uh, he is coming up in just a moment. But first, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Honey. And Honey is the browser extension that saves you money. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash R-H-A-P. We all go shopping online, not just for uh, pop figures from Todd. We've all seen that little promo box that taunts us at checkout, like, hey, what is the password? Do you know it? No. You could be saving money, but you don't know it, so you have to pay the full price. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes, that's a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart, Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Hey, can I tell you something? I even used it on the RHAP shop uh, the other day. Uh, you could use it uh, and save some extra cash when you're making a purchase. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you're at checkout, the Honey button drops down and tells you all you have to do is hit apply coupons. And within a few seconds, boop, 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 it finds the one that's best for your site. If Honey finds a working coupon watch the price drop it's amazing t-bird uh i've used it so many times to uh send flowers to people uh that you're always going to save 15 20 percent on any of these online florists that you use uh i've used it also on uh sites that i use for uh office products like with uh letterhead and things like that t-bird uh, there's so many different places that you could be saving money. Nicole, the first lady of podcasting, is using it on clothing shopping as well. Uh, so many different ways to save. Honey has found its 17 million members over two billion with a B, $2 billion in savings. And if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash RHAP. That's joinhoney.com slash RHAP. All right, T-Bird, let's go ahead and bring in Todd. Today's guest was only 22 when he played on the 15th season of Survivor China, but it was at a much younger age when he set his sights on playing the game. He had been a fan since day one and even started a Survivor club in high school and was voted most likely to appear on Survivor. At 15, he had a dream, set goals, devised a plan, and then worked toward his end game. He would not only play the game, but win the game. He said, quote, I felt more emotions, thought more about my life in general than I ever, ever had. China has helped me to grow up. This young kid from Pleasant Grove, Utah, was raised in the Mormon church. His passion for life, his drive, determination, and curiosity would be the perfect mix for a guy that has described himself as a crazy kid with a big sense of adventure and an energy for life. A tribe mate and close friend, Frosty Zernow, told me that whatever he does, he is fully invested. Frosty told me our guest today worked at a movie theater, and while there, he decided to watch a movie in every single seat of the theater so he could get the different perspectives from every seat. He has said he is a people person. He loves adventure and loves to travel. He would satisfy this passion by getting on with SkyWest Airlines as a flight attendant. His career was cut short when he was forced to decide between his career in the sky or a chance on the island. Well, 
We all know, of course, which one he picked. But when you fulfill, fulfill your life dream at the young age of 22, what's next? His mom said he slowly began changing after returning from the game. He would go to events, began drinking, and then drinking alone. He would go through some dark days. In November 2013, his mom and dad, desperate to save his life, would take his private battle public on Dr. Phil, raising awareness of the complicated issue of alcoholism. He has said that, quote, if his story can help one person get the help they need, he's ready to go public with it, end quote. He was sent to rehab, wanting to leave after 30 days, but the emails of love and support came pouring in, and he realized he had been offered a gift. He would come through it with the love of his family and his survivor family. He recently married the man of his dreams, Jess Hermanson, in a beautiful Las Vegas ceremony. He loves to create things, and his heart is happiest when he is bringing joy to others. So once again, he had a dream, set goals, devised a plan, and, well, sound familiar, and is now a successful toy maker. He has come a long way since winning the game he loves and getting through the challenging days after the game. He will tell you he now knows he is more than just Todd from Survivor. He is truly a survivor. I introduce to you the guy that continues to touch others, the winner of Survivor China, Todd Herzog. Oh my gosh, that was that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi. And hello. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Todd, how are you? I'm I'm excellent. I'm just still in like my mouth is my jaws dropped from that introduction. So thank you. That was beautiful. Hey, Todd. Thank you for joining us today, Todd. So exciting to have you on here. Absolutely. I'm stoked to be here. It's been so long since I've actually wanted to do this. And uh, so I'm honored that you have me. And it's just, it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, Todd, I looked it up. It has been, uh, I think, three years since we talked to you on the podcast, which uh, coincidentally, it, it was during Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers, uh, which is good uh, synergy with that we are doing the all-time season countdown here on Rob's Podcast. We just talked about that on Wednesday, the 33rd best season of Survivor. The 33rd best season of Survivor. Yes. yes. No sign of China yet. I think we're not going to talk about China for uh, many weeks to come. I think that should be the case, too. And, yeah, and absolutely believe it's going to be further down because your cast what a great wonderful cast you guys had i love you know, this cast i am i am very lucky with the cast that i was um able to play the game with because you get out there and you have no idea who you're going to be playing with you have no idea who the people are and then you see them and you know make your judgments but oh my gosh every single person had such a strong story and and life experience and background and it was just i mean i was honored to be with that that cast and so i mean i i got really lucky i got really lucky with those people and it looks like you still stay in touch with quite a few of your cast i do you know like these are people who i made i made unbelievable experiences with and so um I mean, you guys both know when you sit outside in the jungle for that long, 
and you're with these people, there's not a lot to do except for talk and learn about each other. And so you create this bond that is stronger than, you know, friendships that you've had for years, which is insane. And so these, these wonderful humans, I'm just grateful to, to have them in my life. I mean, Courtney and I, we've, we've done so many different adventures together and Frosty is just unbelievable. PG, I'm super close. It's crazy. Leslie, who actually now lives in Utah, not far from me. It's just, it's awesome. It's super awesome. I like these, you know, the 16 players. I don't know why it seems like it makes such a difference when you do 16 players as opposed to 20, but 16 players seem so manageable and it just seemed like you do become just a little, you know, a little family unit. So it's interesting. You're totally right in that scenario, you know, like sure. The 20 people cast is great. However, you know, the first few episodes, you don't get to know these other people, especially when they're voted off early. Um, as a viewer, I should say, cause I haven't ever played with more than 16 people, but 16 is almost like a tight knit family, especially when you're on a tribe of eight and you have no other choice, but to rely on these people for help with food and shelter and, and just kind of keeping your life together while it's a pretend land in the jungle. And, and, you set your sights on this at the young age of 15, maybe even younger. So you're, you're a student and a teacher of the game. Is there a footprint to win this game? Is there a footprint to win this game? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, so obviously yeah, I was a student of the game. What is the footprint? Um, I think my... I would say you have to get to know people. You have to not just, you know, the surface, not just, you know, simple to chat about the weather, but you, you want to get to know these people as genuinely as possible. Um, because if you don't have a bond with anybody, you're not going to be able to make it far in the game at all. Um, and then even if you do make it far, if you haven't connected with these people, you have the jury to worry about. Yeah. So, I mean, that's who's going to be handing over a million dollars. And I, in my final trouble council, I did say to them, I said, you know, I may have lied and, and backstabbed. However, the relationships that we created, those were real and those were genuine. And I meant that because I wanted to know about these people's lives. I wanted to know their backstory, where they came from, what their family's like, you know, the, the things that make them smile the most and the things that make them sad. And if you do that, then you have a much better chance of actually winning the game of Survivor. Yeah, Todd, you played such a super social game and really like honed in on the relationships with the other players. You know, it's been a couple of years since we've gotten to speak on the podcast. What do you think of the state of Survivor after all of the recent changes that have come to as a gamer? Do you like what they've done or do you feel like that they've gotten uh, very far away from what Survivor China was like? Oh my gosh. Um, it's it's very different now. I mean, obviously the game has adapted just like I feel like it should. I feel like the game should adapt, but I don't think it should lose sight of what it is. And that is a problem. Um, you know, like seasons, like in my opinion, um, ghost Island, 
it was a, a fantastic cast, but I feel like a lot of the journey and the surviving and the relationships were lost because it was nothing but surprises and twists and idols and changes. And it's like, you almost need a spreadsheet to keep track of everything that's going on. Yes. And that that's not fun for me. As and if a you need a spreadsheet, Todd, what chance does any of the other viewers have? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, what's crazy is that was the very first season that I, I forced my husband to watch. So he was, it was like newly my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, just, just give the show a shot. You know, I, I love it. And he was like, all right. And so Ghost Island was his first season. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no. So I'm trying to tell him like, I'm watching it right don't now. worry, this, this twist doesn't happen all the time. Like, oh, this is different. And I'm trying to explain things. And that's just not easy for a casual viewer. So, you know, I remember watching, you know, season one, two, three, four, like those first few seasons where it was like, you got to know these people. So you weren't just watching a game play out. You were watching literally a social experiment take place. And that was what was so cool about it. Todd, would your game have been a lot different? I mean, like you said, because you played such a social game, and I did want to point out, I think that one couple of lines that you said during your tribal council, your final tribal council sealed your fate with winning because you were so genuine and you really did care about the people you were playing with. And even Frosty told me that he said everything he told me during the game, you know, we had a real human connection. So obviously the jury was able to, to know the difference between the game strategy and the friendship. So how would you play? How would you have played if you had had all these idols and twists thrown in? Um, oh gosh, you know, if there were a million different idols and twists, I think the only thing you can do is your best to adapt to it. So I would probably talk a lot more than I did. And I already talked a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm a chatty person. So I would probably talk a lot more and feel things out. And, um, I guess in my opinion, like you have to have people want to trust you because then they share their secrets. And so if there were all these twists and stuff, I would have people hopefully sharing with me their, their feelings and their secrets. And I would probably end up making a few lies about finding something myself if I hadn't actually found something. But I, you know, I just, it's hard because it's not just a numbers game anymore. And it's not just a social game. It's a lot of luck. And that's tricky. I mean, I'm a superstitious person that believes in luck, but it's so hard when those idols are involved. And, and Todd, unfortunately we did not get to see you at winners at war, but as an old school player and, and looking back at your gameplay this whole last week, I think you would have done well as an old school player. Actually, at Winners at War. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I think that Todd would have been in a very good spot. Uh, I, I would love to hear like uh, Todd talking about uh, how he would uh, think it would have gone. To be honest with you, I think I would have done awesome. I feel like it would have been a, oh, no, a very different that. game. <laughs> okay, can you hear that, Rob? <laughs> yes. Again. Hold it, hold it. I, I, my foot fell. Yes, got it, okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Go ahead, Todd. Carry on. 
Oh, okay. So yeah, I think if I was on Winners at War, I would have done awesome. I personally think just because um, I, okay, I'm a social person, so I would be able to connect with the new school players, but I also, I feel like I would be kind of the glue to hold the old, old school players together because instead of all of the vendettas that they have about past seasons, it's like, guys, we're here right now. And if you don't take a close look, we're outnumbered by the new school people. And they're going to take control. Whether you want to believe it or not, they are kind of like their own little um, high school clique. It's like the whole Gen Z thing where, mm-hmm. you know, you don't understand what's up. So it's like, okay. Um, I feel like I would have been able to maneuver things quite well. Yeah, please, Todd, um, please don't antagonize our Gen Z listeners. Oh, I love the Gen Z people. I love them, except for I don't understand what they mean half the time. Yeah, they, but we just we just pretend we just nod along. Yes, yes, yes. It's I mean you know smile and wave, and then they use these little acronyms that I don't understand. But I guess that's because I don't have a middle part. yes i'm sorry continue um but yeah i mean so there i think i think i would have been i would have done well because i definitely wouldn't be be the biggest threat out there you know you do have these huge targets but if i would be able to um gather those big threats and actually work with them but then bring in one or two of the new schoolers who were probably going to be on the outs, I feel like it would have worked well. Okay. So, yeah. Who were those two new skillers that were kind of on the outs? Who would they have been? Let's bring I them have. I would have <laughs> brought Michelle in in a heartbeat um, because she was, she's a very underrated player. And, you know, we saw that a lot in Winners at War. So I would have I brought Michelle in. And I would have probably brought Natalie in, I think. I mean, you got to have a beast on your side. So Good choices. And, but, Todd, you know what I wonder? I mean, we haven't seen you play a second time yet. But the yes. first time when you played in China, looking back, I don't know that anybody was playing as hard as you were playing. And when you go into a season with people that have played before, most people out there are playing a really, really hard game. So I know that's got to make a huge difference. Did I get that wrong on your season? Were there anybody out there playing close to as hard as you were playing? Um, honestly, PG was playing hard. She was playing really hard, but she was playing with people who just didn't know what they were doing. So that was her downfall, and it wasn't her fault. Um, Amanda was also playing hard, but she was not willing to show it. Um, I was, I, I do believe 100% that I was playing the hardest, but I, I mean, I was the giant survivor super fan out there. You know, I was Rob Sesternino of China. So. <laughs> I've never heard that term before. Oh, Usually no, that's no, a bad thing. Usually that's a, a bad thing. thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys. So, so Todd, you just hit on that. So I was so curious. I was thinking when I was looking back on all this, you guys do absolutely remind me of each other. How do you think you would fare if you were on the same season together? Would you work together? Because I feel sure you wouldn't trust no, each Todd other. Has to or go. would you? Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think we would pretend to be playing with each other, but we would totally be going against each other because you can only have one. 
You know, you can only have one super fan that's like really, really playing hard. You can't play together. Right. Or else you're going to outsmart. Someone's going to outsmart the other. How dare not, you, Todd? You know, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> this look, is just the truth. And yeah. you know it. No, well, look, I don't know. Could we go to the end together? I don't know. But I feel like that uh, my my strategy on this is like, look, like, uh, let's keep this together. I mean, let's let's like, I think we have enough mutually aligned interests to work together for a while. No, Todd? Oh, we're talking the same like people that are coming for you are the same people that are coming for me. That's what I'm saying is we would work together at final five and six, but behind each other's back, mm-hmm. we would be finding who sure. would be willing to take out the other. Sure. I just don't want to go out before the merge again, Todd. No, 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 no. Like that won't happen. <laughs> Let me stay around. Sure. Happen. Sure. Yeah. We can't go to the end together, but like, uh, let's, you know, thir- give me 30 days, Todd. <laughs> a, a solid 30. Okay. I think that's, I think that's doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you make a good point about PG because PG needed so desperately, if she could have changed the girls' minds, you know, about turning on you, I, I'm surprised that they didn't realize what a threat you were to get you out. So, you know, I guess that definitely worked in your favor to have Amanda and Courtney and, and Denise so tied to you because PG couldn't break through. Uh, you know, I. I watched when I did watch my season, like when it was actually airing and I saw like the talk about me that I was unaware of, like Amanda, you know, getting upset and wanting to turn against me at times. I was like, what? But, um, I was like, okay, how did I do that? And I think the biggest reason why they didn't go with PG is because PG, um, has zero poker face. So she'll like, wear it all on our sleeves and it's like you can't align with pg because everybody will know something is up but she also was with eric and eric was the kind of person who was just like i'm just here for the ride and you know it's like well i don't want to play with you then (laughs) like you can sit in the back and eric was one that you i believe you said that if he had made it to the end you think he would have won um, if he was up against like Amanda and Courtney, he probably would have because of all of the Jean Hu members. So yes, I would not have voted for Eric. Um, I don't dislike him as a human being, but out there, I, I really didn't like him. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like Eric in China. He really bugged me. What What was he doing? The goat noises? Hey, he, he was as exciting as cardboard. I was like, can you be a person? Like, do you have a personality besides playing guitar? Nobody cares right now. We don't have a guitar. Jamie Dugan cared. And apparently, because they, they have a baby now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. Jamie Dugan cared because she wears the pants. So that's why she cared. Okay, there it is. There it is. And there it is right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Todd, um, who were you disappointed? I want to go back to Winners at War since we touched on that. Of course, we were disappointed not to see you out there. Was there anybody else that was not there that you were disappointed not to see? 
Oh, I mean, there's plenty of people, you know. I would have loved to have seen Tina and Richard. I mean, it would have been awesome to see Rich back. And um, let's see. I think Fabio would be fun. He would be a different mix in there. Um, And... I mean, Jenna, I, I would love to see what Jenna would do now. I don't know. There's so many. I miss. I wish there were more old school winners. Mm-hmm. That's that's my main thing. I wish there were more old school winners. Even Vesapia, you know, she played so long ago. I would I would love to see how different of a game she would play this time around. Because I feel like she's the Michelle of the old school where she would have something to prove mm-hmm. and yeah. it would be, it would be kind of exciting. Todd, Rob and I were talking about Fabio last week. We talked to Holly Hoffman and I was saying, and I actually said, I think Fabio would have done, I think like you, I think y'all both would have done well at winners at war. I think people would have gravitated to y'all. The new school would have gravitated to, to, to both of y'all. See, and Fabio is a funny guy. Like in person, he's just, He's so, um, he just has no, there's not that filter where he decides of what to say. It just kind of spills out. And sometimes you're like, oh, Fabio. I mean, and I have that problem too. Yeah. So when we're like talking, me and Fabio, it's, it can be a mess. Todd, do you talk to Fabio <laughs> a lot? Funny. Um, only when I see him at events, but mm-hmm. we, we hang out quite a bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that just to be clear, like I think that uh, Fabio being out there versus Todd being out there would be very different. Like I kind of feel like that, you know, Todd might be able to like craft his own way where I think that Fabio would be like dragged towards the end that people would be saying like, oh, I want to sit in the end with Fabio. I I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, by, they both might I mean, go far, but for it, different reasons. Well, and Fabio would be cool with that. He'd be like, yeah, I'll yeah. go. Todd would be the one taking Fabio to the end. Yeah, but isn't that kind of yeah. okay? It's, I mean, don't you kind of think as long as I can get to the end? I mean, I know you want to, I know ideally you want to get to the end and win. It's but, okay, but I don't want right. to watch Fabio get to the end again. <laughs> I just watched it last week. <laughs> That's right. Oh the 34th best season of Survivor. <laughs> oh, and so, and, and so that's another thing I noticed about your season, Todd. People were talking about who deserves to win based on their need for the money. And I've got to tell you, Rob, I don't know about your season, but in Africa, I mean, I wanted to see the person win that was deserving of the win that would represent our season well if it, if it wasn't going to be me. But you guys and gals out there look like y'all were talking more about who needed the money. Um, okay. So a lot of that was, was like, um, manipulation. So I would say if Denise got to the end, people would give it to her because they feel like she needs it. When the truth is, is like, if Denise got to the end, she wouldn't have won, but I just wanted her to be voted out. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Strategy. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, kind of terrible, but it's the it's the truth. Like I wanted to sit next to Amanda and Courtney, and so I I had to play that card. And you know, Denise, she may have she may would have like performed well in the final travel council. We really don't know, but I I still don't feel like she created the bonds with anybody 
enough to to win the votes. Right. All right. So if if Frosty had started on your, we talked to Frosty, you know, a few months back. If he had started on your tribe, do you think he would have been one of the ones you would have bonded with in place of? Were you with Aaron? You had bonded with Aaron. It was going to be you, Aaron, and Amanda. Yes, one hundred percent. I would have been close with Frosty. Like we would have bonded instantly um, when we like before we started playing the game and we were holed up in like uh, Ponderosa. We shared a cabin, so like we couldn't speak because we had a handler with us. But um, I got to like witness his mannerisms and stuff like that, and I was like, I like this kid. Like this kid is is uh, like kind of funky and different and and cool. Um, but that's that was kind of like our, you know, non-speaking bond. So I did think like, if he's on my tribe, I'm definitely going to align with him. And, um, me and me, him and Courtney all tended to sit at the same table when we would eat before the game, like at um, food times. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, and you know, I would have actually gone further with frosty except for what happened was, he won a reward challenge and then he did a a back handspring. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like we're all out here literally dying and the kid's still doing flips. Like he can't, put, he can't go any further. There's, there's just no way. Cause he's going to keep winning things. So I, I orchestrated basically to get him voted out. Todd, this is so fun. So I talked to Frosty for quite a while about you. He, by the way, he loves you. He says that he's so grateful for you that you haven't, you inspired him to follow his dreams, by the way, in case you didn't know that. But this is what he told me. Yeah, isn't that great? This is what he told me. He said that before the game started, just like you're saying, he said that you guys were in the same room because y'all had bunked together, room together, and that the producer had stepped out for a minute and that you started doing like a 30 second charades with him, describing what you do and that you were a flight attendant. He said he, you were doing the wings oh or passing out and that he knew you were a flight attendant. And then Frosty said, Oh my gosh, this kid is for real. He's already, play- he's starting the game now. He's already playing. Little did he know you started the I- game at 15. I forgot. I completely forgot about that. You are. Wow. Yeah. So we were in the room and I had said that I was a flat attendant, you know, the charades thing. And then I said that I was 22 and he held up saying I'm 20 and my jaw dropped because nobody that young had ever played. Mm -hmm. Right. So I remember being completely shocked. And he was, and he said that he I guess he did the charade things. He was in film school because he didn't want anybody to know that he was a sponsored athlete for the reasons you just said about him doing triple backflips out there. You can't do flips on like day 27 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then not I can tell Todd that you are a hill. sponsored athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody needs to be seeing that because, like, I can't do a flip when I'm, you know, healthy and happy i I'd break my neck mm-hmm. so yeah there you go <laughs> don't do flips if you ever play survivor Smart. not on day 26 this is good advice no oh yeah 
Todd, uh, you know, you get so much credit for your final tribal council jury performance that was that something that you coming into the game really had in your mind or was something that just uh, came out that way of that you had this, uh, you know, big plan of being able to turn the people who you had uh, seemingly wronged in the game onto your side? Um, I mean, Final Trouble Council is obviously something that I had dreamt of since I was a kid. So uh-huh. I always, always had pictured the different things that I might say and, you know, what scenarios I could bring up. Um, but I'll, I do remember specifically, it was day 39. We were um, waiting to go into tribal council and me and Courtney were just laughing and joking. And Amanda was like, how can you guys be laughing right now? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say. And I looked at her and I said, that's going to get you nowhere, Amanda. We are here on day 39 and me and Courtney are celebrating. So you do you. And <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to go in and sound like a robot. I didn't want to go in and sound like I had this huge thing planned out. And I went in and I was like, I'm going to listen to what they say. And then I'm going to, to answer. And so, yeah, and it worked. Your answers were perfect. And of course, with John Robert, I mean, just a reaction <laughs> to the jury. I mean, you answered him just, it was like you had rehearsed it and rehearsed it. And, and it's so funny. It's like listening to you do your, your final travel speech. It's like after you talked and after you answered the questions, I was thinking you made these people feel good about wanting you to win. That takes something. I mean, a 22-year-old being able to do that to these older, established people. I mean, exactly what you said to John Robera as far as, you know, he is a strategic player in his daily life. You had to get him out. That's beautiful. Compliment him and then tell him why you why you backstabbed him. Perfect. Well, thank you. I mean, like, and this is, this is what I tell people. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, what's your talent? And you'll hear people be like, I'm great at piano and I'm an athlete and this and that. And I just never, I never had like a, a talent. I was never, you know, very good at, at anything in specific. I wasn't bad at things, but I wasn't really good at them. But one thing I was good at was talking to people. And um, so when people do say like, what is your talent? I'm like, I'm a, I'm a people person. I'm good with people. And so you know, working at Disney World and working um, as a flight attendant and stuff like that, I I learned how to how to respond to people that will make them feel good. And so I just kind of train myself. And, and Todd, but you're genuine and you're sincere, and people know that they can tell when you really care and that you're listening to what they're saying. So it brings up another interesting point as far as being a flight attendant because. I think that's kind of a characteristic that a lot of flight attendants have. And I know some people might think, yeah, you didn't have the flight attendant I had last week. But <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, look how well, I mean, look at Tina. Tina was a flight attendant. Now you well, guys, what about course, you, T-Bird? Is this well, something that I you was didn't say, like, um, I was like, and you are, you know, you're not. <laughs> well, you and Tina, you know. Hey, I, I brought us down in the numbers. We were we would have been at a hundred percent, but you and Tina both won. Hey, you would have been Todd. You would have been my Lex. I would have realized, unlike Amanda and Courtney did, I would have realized Todd has to go because 
I mean, the way you were playing, but no, I couldn't break through Lex. I could not you know, break through. I, I can't. I, I can only imagine playing. With, I mean, it's, it's it's crazy because it's like I'm sitting here with T Bird and and Rob, and we're you know all actually like I'm very similar to both of you and how we would play the game, which is very odd because I feel like we would do well whether it was you know me and T Bird or me and Rob, and so. Yes, I agree with what you're saying. Is is what I'm trying to get at. It would be it would be odd because you'd be the happy Southern chatty one. That's the flight attendant, and then I'd be the the happy gay Mormon flight attendant, and then we would make the same kind of friends, and then we would probably go against each other. I'd just be yeah, happy I mean, to get out of my house for a little bit, and uh, you know, just uh, uh, no podcast for a while. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be happy. I'd be happy too. All right. All right, so Todd, I mentioned in your in, your intro that you had gotten on with SkyWest Airlines, yeah. and that you that you had to give up your job to go on Survivor. And fortunately for me, I had been at the time with Delta for twenty years when I got cast for Africa, and it was a big decision. Thinking, well, it is during the summer, so you know, Todd, you know, you don't get off during the summer with airlines. Right. Generally, so I thought, what am I going to do if I have to make the decision between Delta, who was was my heartbeat and still is, and Survivor? And fortunately, I didn't have to worry with it. They worked with my schedule completely. But I'd been there a long time. Was that difficult? Well, I'm sure it wasn't difficult because it had been your dream since 15 to play. But was it hard to know that you were giving up that career before knowing how well you would do out there? It was, it was, it was a difficult decision, you know? I mean, so the answer that I was given, um, they said, just like you had been with Delta for 20 years, they said, you don't have the seniority. Sorry. And, and I didn't, and I understood that. And I was, and I was like, okay, well, if I can't, you know, take these couple months off, then I'm going to have to quit, unfortunately. And, um, they were like, okay. And so I, I did it. I quit. But I was like, I'm not going to give up the one main dream that I've had. And I, in my mind, I was like, if I want to fly again, I can, I can do that later. And it could be with a different company. Um, That's right. I mean, with Delta, it could be with Delta. Yes. Yes. So yes. There, but like, that was my mindset. Is like, Are you recruiting, T-Bird? Survivor isn't coming. <laughs> yep. I'm recruiting Todd. Although Todd's a dog maker now. His, Todd's plate is full now. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. He's a very busy guy. And it's only going to get busier. Hey, Todd, I guess know. what? Guess what, Todd? What? I checked my mailbox today. It's Sunday. Mail doesn't usually get delivered on Sunday. Guess what was in my mailbox today? It, it came today? Yes. It's, it's sitting here right here on my desk. Rob, I got my Funky Pop today. Whoa. It is so, so cute, you guys. It is so cute. Yeah, could you talk about uh, what you're doing uh, with those? Because, of course, I've been seeing on... I'm friends with Todd on Instagram, so I see them all the time. Uh, Todd, what are you up to these days? <laughs> so, it's weird. Um, I know. But, so, I, I was, once again, managing a movie theater. Um, and, I so, basically, I was running a movie theater and then covid decided to come to the world and that didn't happen anymore so i 
was like, okay, well, what do I do with my life? And I, I collect these things called Funko Pops and they're just toys with big heads of pretty much everything that you could possibly imagine. Um, well, I wanted the Spice Girls <laughs> and, and Funko does not have the Spice Girls. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my own. And I started to make them and I, you know, was like trying to figure out how to make it work. Anyway, long story short, I made the Spice Girls and then I posted them on Facebook and I was like, look what I made. <laughs> and um, people started saying like, oh, that's cool. And then uh, someone said, hey, can you make one of my son? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I did. And he posted it. And then a few other people asked. And within about a month, it exploded where all these people wanted customized Funko Pops. And so I started doing it as just like a little hobby turned into a way to make some money. And as the year went on, it exploded. You know, it's all, it's, it's basically like, like being on Etsy, except for I'm not, I just do it all through social media and email. But now I make, Customize Funko Pops literally of anybody that you want. And obviously, um, I've gotten better at doing it because I've been doing it for over a year now. And I've made about 650 so far. Wow. wow. Can is- you just explain for anybody who doesn't know, uh, what is a Funko Pop? So a Funko Pop is a vinyl figure, and it's about 4.5 inches tall. And it's got a big head with big eyes and no mouth Mm -hmm. and it just they literally are you can find them for almost any movie any character i mean they have thousands and thousands and thousands of them but you know people want one of themselves and so like Mm -hmm. that's what i do is i recreate someone that looks like you it's a miniaturized version of you kind of like a bobblehead but their heads don't bobble noticed i don't have a mouth that's probably gonna be a good thing so t-bird i'm sure yeah. you will post a picture of uh the funko pop that todd made for you but could, todd could you describe it for our listeners uh what did you do to capture t-bird well i don't have a well, mouth t-bird <laughs> they don't have mouths <laughs> um <laughs> rob you'll be happy to know that i don't have a mouth hmm <laughs> All right, t- describe it, Todd. It's so cute. You're- yes, Todd, we're going to post this for sure, right? Yeah, of course. So, like, so T-Birds, I mean, she had to have a Braves hat on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what can I do? So, you know, I went back Nobody's to perfect. the challenge sure. of putting the arm up with the bucket above the head. Yes. And yes. I, so I recreated that. Yes. I recreated that image. When it hmm. rains, it pours challenge. It's so Yes, yes. Cute. yes. the sun will come out tomorrow. But I can't say because I don't have a mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Todd. All right. So you've done over 600 now. This is going to, I mean, this is going to be a big promotional jump here. Do you have people helping you? Is Jess helping you with these dolls? You already, you've got to have back orders like crazy. So I am booked out for like five months. Wow. And, um, awesome. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I, it's, it's a lot of work, but, um, Jess does help me. So there's a lot involved, like including 
first you have to boil all the parts down and then you have to use a two-part epoxy to sculpt and then you have to let that dry and then you have to sand it down and you have to like put pieces together and and then you have to paint it and it's it's, it's a very big process so yes jess does help with um the process of it all and then i yeah it's 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 very weird but it's it's actually a lot of fun and it's kind of crazy because um you know and i'm sure we'll touch back on like my my darker years but um my dad he had gone through years ago a dark period himself but he found a hobby where he would um restore old phonographs and we're talking he has like 70 restored phonographs in his house mm-hmm. and i thought it was weird and but he said to me he was like all you got to do is find something that you enjoy doing and and you will find yourself and you know once he as he did that he ended up finding a, a lovely wife and he got promoted in his job and like all of that good stuff and it's like he found himself through that and i feel like you know making toys <laughs> has become a way that I've found myself where I found out like, Oh my gosh, I'm creative. And I, I kind of knew I had an imagination, but I didn't realize that I was artistically creative. And so, but now I do. So, yeah. At what point will you hire more people or are you just going to keep it small? That's the big question. Um, that is the big question. I I don't know. I we've talked about it. Me and Jess have talked about it, and so it may happen. Um, it depends. So I I enjoy the idea that it is you know handmade and it's it's made by me, and I feel like you know especially fans of Survivor and stuff like that they appreciate the fact that that I'm the one that's making these basic like little figures for them so um i don't want to lose sight of the fact that it's it's artwork for a specific person of a specific person with a very special meaning to that one individual um because making people smile is something that makes me happy so yeah and todd you know it's a hobby and it's the passion and it's the love Obviously, if you turn it into a business, you might lose. You might lose, you know, the way you feel about doing it. It turns into where you're, you're having to do it, or you're, you've got a team. It might, it might lose some of the edge for you, some of the passion. And it, honestly, I have days like that where I'm like, I don't want to do this today. And so, if that happens, I don't. I like that's the, the beauty of doing it myself. I don't have to do it. Right. Um, and. And if I got burnt out of it completely, then I would stop. Like, you know, why do something that you hate is the big question. Um, as of right now, I love it. But so here who we knows? Go. Like you're- yeah. So this is your plug. Everybody that wants one of these custom fuck pops, you better get them because if he burns out, it's over with. <laughs> get those orders in. You better order. So Todd, I'm looking at your Instagram and I see one of me and uh, great job. You got my microphone and and my bell. Is this, did somebody order this? Somebody asked you for one of me or or you make them of survivors to show people what they can get if they want their own custom? Rob's a huge fan of yours. 
Stephen Fox, who follows you yes. and, and loves you. I think it's a Stephen Fishback. I was going to be like, oh my, it's Stephen get one on me. I thought you were going to say Fishback also. Yes, no. Stephen is like, Todd, I, I want to, do not send me Rob. Any other survivor. <laughs> Do not say that's the last thing I want. Do not put that evil on me. He he's the one who ordered you and he absolutely he has nothing but wonderful things to say about Rob has a podcast. Yes. No, he's a great guy. Talking with T Bird. Yes. So he he's the one who ordered you and he also ordered T Bird, who I actually I just sent it out today, or I sent it out like a, a few days ago. So he has one of both of you. Um, yes. So that is yes. a fan order. And I actually have, I actually finished one of you from Amazon for another fan. Rob. Yes. Yes. Ah. I finished it. I finished it yesterday. No Somebody joke. requested that, me in a different uh, outfit. Yes. So <laughs> you are, you, I'll, I'll have to show you pictures and yes. see what you think. Um, okay. So yes, there you are. All right. So like, I mean, that is the thing is, is if there's someone like from Survivor who really doesn't want me to make yes. them, then I won't, I yes. won't do it. Like, and if you, you won't do any requests. Do like if somebody says, uh, Todd, could you make me Jenna and Heidi, uh, after they got chocolate and peanut butter, then you're not going to do that. No, right. No, no, I'm not. A, I'm not a disgusting human being, of course, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> like, come on. But I mean, I, I have done, um, naked and afraid characters. However, like I, I put a bag where. Things would be. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Todd, I'd like to, if we can, um, I want us to go, um, I want us to go back if, if you're comfortable with it and talk about, you know, the most, the best and most challenging part of taking your, your personal struggle public. Um, yeah, no, let's, let's and, do it. And I know, you know, you and I've talked about this a little bit that you said we could talk about anything, but I, I think especially right now with people with this COVID, I mean, a lot has changed with people with depression being locked up in their homes, away from their family, away from their friends. And I'm sure there are a lot of people struggling with addiction even more so this last year and and i don't mean just with with drugs or alcohol i mean it could be with with gambling with sex with shopping video games plastic surgery binge eating. i mean there's there's podcasting there could be so many things that that people are addicted to what has helped you get through the last year um Okay. Yeah. Well, definitely my, my pops have, have helped me through the last year. And then my awesome husband, like he's free. He's a, he's a really awesome guy. So, I mean, I obviously, I, I know how bad drinking can be. Um, I get, like, do you want me to just start at the beginning and get Please. to this? Or I would like, love that if okay. you're comfortable with that. Yeah, no, that's completely fine. Um, so like, you know, I was born and raised in Utah and um, born and raised Mormon where I, I never, nobody drank around me. Um, drank, smoked, drugs. I'm sure it was happening, but just like not in front of me. So I really had no idea what it was. I didn't know what alcoholism was. I didn't really know. You hear about it, but I always had that picture in my mind that it's, it's a bum on the street with a brown paper bag. Um, so anyway, I didn't have my first drink until I was 
a flight attendant. And um, I was like, oh, this isn't bad. You know, like, oh, I don't feel like I'm, I'm a sinner going to hell. So I was like in my, my, I was 22, which is crazy for a lot of people because I was a, a grown person already. But um, after Survivor, I still, I would drink once in a while and just, you know, go to parties and whatnot. Um, and I didn't see anything wrong with it. Um, but as I would drink through the years and I was, um, I had moved to Florida, I was in a relationship with Spencer from Survivor as well. And, you know, we would just, we were both young and, and partiers. We liked to go to the club. We liked to have parties at our house and I liked to drink. Um, and I, my tolerance was just extremely high. So on my end, I just thought I was a champ. I was like, I'm a rock star. I can, I can do like 23 shots and still be functioning. And, but I thought it was normal. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Well, it turned into something where I started to drink every day and I still didn't see anything wrong with it. Um, when I was about 27, I think I would wake up and I would be shaky and I was like, Oh my gosh, I need, I need a, a rock star and I need a shot. And that would make the shake, shake stop. And then I would go about my day working and, and all of that. Um, but then the shaking got worse. So like my, my hands would tremble. And so I learned just from experience that if I took a shot, the shaking would go away. So I started to carry like mini, like airplane minis around with me pretty much everywhere I went so that I could take a shot. So I wouldn't be shaky. Um, and it just, it got out of control to the point where I was taking about 10 airplane minis a day, but then a liter of vodka as well at the end of the night is what I would be drinking per day. Um, well, that progressed even more to be about 10 airplane minis a day and two liters of vodka a night. Um, but I was somehow still functioning. But every single person around me could see that I obviously had a drinking problem, except for me. Um, in my mind, I was like, I'm enjoying life. I'm having fun. And this is great. Um, but I was the, the thing that had changed is I was no longer going to the clubs to do it or going to parties to do it. I was just doing it at home while reading a book. I would be having literally a glass of vodka. And I mean, we're, we're talking like straight up vodka just that's not normal mm -hmm. um well one day i collapsed and i had a seizure and i went to the hospital and i didn't really think anything of it i was like well that's weird i must have i must drink a lot of coffee and it it happened again about a month later and then that was the first time that i went into like a a 14 day detox center and I thought I was healed. I was like, man, I can go back into the world and drink like a regular person and, and go to parties and stuff. And literally my behavior didn't stop. Um, and then that's when like I had broken up with Spencer and I moved back to Utah and I lived alone in a, in a condo and I just drank. So I wasn't working. 
I wasn't going out with anybody. I just drank. Um, but I, I had been doing it for so long that it became a, a very normal thing to me. And I, I enjoyed it as weird as that sounds like I had enjoyed being alone and being with my TV. Um, and then, but obviously my family, they had seen what was happening and they, they knew that it was not okay. So that's when Dr. Phil happened. Um, the first time I went to Dr. Phil and they sent me to a rehab in, in Texas. And, um, that was, that was awful because it was a, a 90 day rehab and I did not want to be there. And so I tried to leave. It wouldn't let me leave. Um, but I, and I just, I, I pushed through. I was like, all right, fine. So I made it the 90 days, but literally the day I got home, I went and bought, a uh, a whole handle of vodka as a celebratory thing. Um, and so I just, I continued to do it because I didn't want to stop. And it had become literally a lifestyle that I wanted to live. But then Dr. Phil happened again, went to rehab again. And then Dr. Phil happened again and I went to rehab again. And honestly, like, being forced to go to rehab was miserable. I didn't want to change. I didn't want to be a functioning human being. Um, it was like, it was pain and it was painful. You know, I went to the hospital so many different times because of alcohol poisoning. And then the same exact thing would happen. I would come home, I would buy vodka and I would drink. And, it didn't, nobody knew why I, why I wouldn't stop, you know? So, um, I went, I did go back. Finally, I decided to go into treatment on my own and I went and I did a, a full program of 90 days. And then I did, uh, like a halfway house after, mm -hmm. um, but even after that, I didn't want to stay sober. So I got crazy. Well, I reached the point where I was bound. I was literally bouncing around the country and I didn't know what was happening. I was living everywhere from South Florida to Orlando to um, South Carolina to um, Los Angeles in Texas. And then I finally, finally, finally had no friends. Nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted to be around me. My family was just over it. So they wouldn't be, they, they wanted nothing to do with me. They were basically saying like, we've already lost you. So goodbye. And I didn't know what to do. So I showed up on my dad's doorstep. This was um, four years ago, five years ago, some, somewhere around there. And I remember I had a few more nights of crazy, insane drinking and I woke up and I was so sick. I was just like shaking and sweating and throwing up. Like I couldn't stop throwing up. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, Todd, like this, you, you have to right now, you have to decide, like, do you want to, do you want to die? And you know, it could be in, uh, a week, it could be in two years, but do you want to die? Are you ready to? 
And do you want to be alone? Or do you want to be a person again? Like, do you want that? And I, I decided at that moment, I was like, I want to be a person. And so I suffered through the detoxing. I did a, at my dad's house by myself and shaking and sweating and throwing up for days and days and days. And then that part was over. And usually at that point is when I would go drink again. But I was like, no, you're going to go and you're going to literally start from as if you were before Survivor. What would you have done after high school? I would have gone to work. So I went and found a job. I found a serving job. And I was like, okay, let's be a person. So I was a person. I was serving. And as I started to do that, I started to, to make friends, you know, meet new people. And then um, my family started to see that I was different. And then they started inviting me to like family dinners and stuff. And so I was slowly integrating myself back into being human is the, the only the best way that I can say it is like being an actual person um, and getting to know my nieces and nephews and getting to know who I am. And so I, the struggle for me, the main thing is I was like, do not think about all those times that you have fun at the parties and whatnot, and just focus on literally being okay with being a, a normal person from the, at the age of 22, except for I'm at like the age of 31 or 32 or 33, somewhere around there. Um, and I had to be okay with that. Instead of telling myself that I'm a 32-year-old failure, I had to say, I'm a 32-year-old who's going to get a life. Mm -hmm. And so I did, you know, I, I did. And finally, a, a year or two after that, I was like, I'm ready to date. And so I put myself out there and I took some, you know, selfies and got on Tinder mm -hmm. and started dating. And then I met Jess and then, yeah. And then that's it. Uh, and yeah. Todd, I want to ask you, I mean, it's like you said at 22, I mean, you fulfilled a lifetime dream that you had been just so fixated on from 15. Did you feel like because you maybe didn't feel like, where do you go when you've, you've done everything you thought you ever wanted to do at 22? Do you think that played a part into you spiraling down? Um, I think subconsciously, it very well may have. Um, I think in my mind, I, I honestly, I don't know. I can't give you an exact reason. And a lot of people will, you know... I don't want to ever put a blame on anything either because I mean, the truth is I'm an alcoholic and what that means is if I have a drink, I'm not going to stop. So it's, it's not like I can go out to a dinner and, and have a glass of wine with friends. Cause that I cannot do that. Like that's just not able to happen. But, um, I, I feel like I wanted to be an image after survivor for people and I was putting on a show for a lot of people and that's not me. So maybe pretending to be someone that I wasn't was, 
maybe I was self-medicating, you know, just like uh, drinking any kind of pain or thoughts away of feeling like I'm not being myself. Um, Because I know for a lot of addicts and alcoholics, self-medication is a huge thing, whether it be, you know, like trying to self-medicate anxiety or pain or or trauma or whatever. Like, I believe that I was self-medicating because I didn't want to have feelings at all. Like I didn't want to feel sad, like I did happy. I told myself drinking was happy and I almost conditioned myself to believe that. Um, And I mean, that's a horrifying thing. Like the truth is I should be dead from it all. I 100% should be dead from uh, like, it's insane. My blood alcohol levels have been, you know, higher than I I was point. Three seven four in Texas, and the doctor had said to me that um, I shouldn't be alive, and if I was alive, I should be in a coma, and then I should be dead. And so, like, I don't know how I'm alive, and I don't know how my body was able to consume so much alcohol. Um, it's it's absolutely I don't know, I don't know. But a lot of people do ask me, you know, they're like, hey. Um, my brother or my, my best friend is an alcoholic and I really want to get them help. Like, what should I do? And my biggest answer for that is, you know, unfortunately the person that you love has to want it themselves because people tried for years and years to, to get me to stop. And I didn't want to. Until I did. Are you doing anything now as far as the support system with, with any meetings to kind of help you stay on track? Is that something that you practice? So I do go to some, some speaker meetings um, every once in a while. Anytime that I'm feeling a little um, comfortable, let's say, like um, too comfortable to the fact where I think to myself that I could probably have something, I'll go to, to meetings and, you know, listen to, to people speak and, and tell their story and then share parts of my story and um, kind of remind myself exactly why I want to be sober. So, um, yeah. And I was also curious with you, I mean, with you being on the Dr. Phil show with them having you back, did you say they put you back through rehab three times? Were they good? And did you feel that they were genuine with wanting to help you? It sounds like they were very generous um, with sending you through. How did you feel with that about that? And I know, like you said, you've got to be ready to want to stop. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I have been to quite a few different rehabs. Um, I... I would never, I would never tell someone to send their child into Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not hold that grudge against my parents for doing that. Um, it takes, it takes a very strong person to be able to deal with the aftermath of that. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't like that, um, part of my life, to be honest. But it's a part of my story that I, I, I obviously need to go through. Um, but yeah, if people are listening, don't send your child to Dr. Phil. Anyway, um, the rehabs themselves are the ones who sponsored and paid for me to go to their treatment center. Um, and there was honestly only one 
one treatment center that I felt like really cared. Um, some of the others, there were experiences there that um, could be a lifetime movie and they are probably not, they shouldn't be in business, but for the most part, um, the people who work for treatment centers are un- unbelievable people. And, um, you know, they are usually um, addicts in recovery themselves who are trying to help other people at the part of a 12 step program is helping other addicts and alcoholics alike. Um, and so, you know, for me, I, if someone who is an alcoholic comes to me, I have to, the first thing I say is like, are you ready? Do you want it? Cause if you don't, then there's no point in even talking to me. Right. Have you heard from a lot of uh, Survivor fans that have commented about how your particular journey has helped them with any of the issues that they're going through? I mean, that's one of the coolest things is when you hear from fans or even people who aren't fans that have just seen Dr. Phil, who will reach out to me and they'll say like, hey, I watched Dr. Phil and I've been sober for a year. And I'm like, what? Wow. You know, like if I can help just by having that horrible stuff on television, then that's awesome. You know, it's, it is hard to watch. I won't lie about that. You know, seeing myself in that state, it's not, that's not me. That's not Todd. And so that's really hard to watch, but in a lot of ways, it's necessary for people to see like, if you have a, if you have an addiction problem, you got to open your eyes to it because I just wouldn't see it. And at that time, I was literally a shell of a human. I was barely existing. I know that from the things I was reading that your mom and dad were so desperate to try to save you that they reached out to all resources. So I certainly, as a mom, understand wanting to do everything you can do for your child, even though you, like you said, you wish that hadn't, it had to come to that. But I know they did it out of love and I'm sure you know that as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the best thing that they actually did was let me go. Um, that was the best thing that my parents ever did was say like, okay, you can be this way, but you're not a part of our life. So them letting me go and really, truly being alone was, was the best thing that could have happened. Um, but I do know that when Dr. Phil did happen, it was their last option. Like they, in their minds, they were probably like, well, if we put them on TV so that everybody knows, maybe he'll want to stop. And I can't really blame them for that because I was so bad. Yeah. Damn. Well, you've come a, you've come such a long way, and it's, it's we have um I'm I'm aware of alcoholism, and I'm also very aware that you have to want to stop, and that's I guess with anything if you want it you want it badly enough that you you motivate yourself, and I can only imagine how difficult it was for your parents to let you go to bring you back to them. So, you know. Your parents seem like wonderful people, by the way, Todd. You are a blessed man. 
Hey, my family is amazing. And I'm super close with every single one of my siblings and my parents and my step parents. And I mean, I'm just, I'm so grateful. So, you know, the fact that I had to get to the point where they did have to let me go obviously shows just how bad I was, but it also shows that, you know, if you do want something bad enough, like I wanted my family in my life and I wanted to to feel like a human, then I'm going to do something to change it. Um, and I didn't realize just how lonely I was until they did let me go. I mean, I it, it got to the point where nobody would answer my phone calls. Nobody would answer my texts. Nobody would let me come over. And... At, at that point in my life, in my life, it, in my mind, it was their fault. Like, oh, screw you. But I mean, they were protecting themselves. They didn't want to watch their child die, you know? And that's what I was. I was literally walking around like a zombie. And I know your survivor family, too, was very strong. I, I did talk to Sandra and the Queen State's Queen uh, yesterday. Uh, and I know she's been, you know, a big force in your life. And, you know, she says she's had you to her home quite a few times. And basically, she said, you know, Todd could do it. He just has to want, he just had to want it to, you know, badly enough. And I think she said he, he gets bored easily. He he has to stay busy. And I guess that's like, like most of us. Yes, that's so true. Um, if, because... I mean, when I was bored, you you know, drinking would solve that problem. Sandra, right. first of all, she's amazing. She she is absolutely amazing. In that time of my life where I was bouncing around the country with my drinking, she was one of the people that I did stay with. Um, and I mean that that woman is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. But um, the truth is, is yeah, like I, I had to want it. I had to want it, and no, like. It wasn't because I I wanted to go play Survivor again, and I or I wanted you know to be in the spotlight for it or anything like that. It was because I wanted to be a person. I wanted to be Todd, and um, I feel like that, like wanting to be me, was enough of a reason to make me actually take it seriously and do something about it. Right. And then you've met Jess. How long did you date before y'all got married? Y'all got married. Rob, they got married in Vegas. In yes. November. Yeah. And hey, Rob, were you invited to the wedding? Rob, I was at the wedding. You uh, were? For real? Yes. Yes, I was. Absolutely. I didn't right. even know you were friends like that with Todd. Well, you know, it just kind of happened. Right, Todd? Wink, wink. Yes. Yes. There were a few of us there. <laughs> you weren't there, Rob? You're messing with me? No. I actually was there. Yes. 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 Is this a bit? Yes. Where's this going? Well, I wasn't. You were invited too, Rob. I was. You didn't, re- you didn't respond back yep. to the RSVP, Rob. You didn't respond. Mm-hmm. Where was it? <laughs> Snapchat. We did. We did Vegas. A... It was in Vegas, baby. No, I got that. Where was the invite? Uh, Facebook Live. Hmm. Looks like somebody's... I invited all of my family mm-hmm. to to watch us get married on top of the stratosphere. Yep. It was beautiful. 
So Todd, it looks like we're going to have to kind of push him out of the alliance. He didn't even come to the wedding and didn't even RSVP. Yeah. Bye. What? Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> so, we all love you. We love yeah, you anyway. I'm still confused. But uh, <laughs> Todd, was Jess a Survivor fan or was somebody who was uh, did not know about your Survivor backstory? Jess had no idea. Um, what was that like the, to explain? Uh, by the way, you know Survivor. Um, I was on it. And I won a well, season. Well, that was the best yeah. thing. Well, that was one of the best things. So when we met, you know, we had gone on a few dates first. Um, and I, I just wanted to get to know him and I wanted him to get to know me. Um, and then he did what anybody does. And he started stalking my face or my uh, Instagram. And he called me and he was like, wait a second, I have, I have a really weird question. What is this picture of you like in the jungle? And I was like, oh, well, I was on the TV show Survivor. And he was like, wait, what? Like, just, just what? You know? And then that's when I was like, okay, come on over and I'll explain a little bit to you as to a little bit of my life. And, um, he's still like, he had never watched us a, a single episode of survivor or any reality TV for that matter. Um, and he was just like, okay, like he didn't really think much of it. He, he thought it was cool and neat. Um, but then I go, I usually go to hearts of reality in Orlando every year. And so I was like, I'm going to take you this year. And I think that's where he got like the first idea of like, oh, like the survivor's a thing because there's all sorts of, you know, crazy fans and like a thing. And he was, he was just completely shocked. He was like, what is this? <laughs> so then after that, I mean, this was, I don't know, about a year into dating is mm-hmm. when he finally watched my season of survivor. And what was his takeaway? So was he like, uh, like, oh my God, who am I getting involved he with? Was, <laughs> he was very, like, he was weirded out. He was like, this is just bizarre. I mean, I think it's one of those things where he just kind of was like, all right, like, cool. You know, he, but that was what was so awesome was he didn't care. Mm-hmm. He, all he cared about was, was that he liked me as a person. And, uh, you know, Survivor was just a kind of cool thing on the side. So um, he does, however, love Hearts of Reality now because he got into Big Brother because he met a bunch of Big Brother people there. Mm -hmm. So he loves to go hang out with the Big Brothers at Hearts of Reality. But does he watch any of the reality shows now, Big Brother or Survivor, when it's on, when it comes back on? Was he watching any of it towards the end? He does because I make him, but he actually (laughs) really likes them. Like he loves Big Brother the most, that's his favorite, but he also loves Survivor. Like, um, he has a hard time with Amazing Race. I don't he's like he's like, I don't like it's just too like too much. But I'm like, okay, well then do something else while I watch. And he's like, you know, and then he'll sit and watch. <laughs> so yeah. Long, he, he's long, now a reality TV fan. So how long has he been watching Big Brother? Um, let's see. Are you watching it as well? Were you watching it too, Todd? Oh, I love Big Brother. Are you kidding me? I love Big Brother. Okay, so Todd, I'm gonna, um, I know Rob's heard this, but I'm going to take you back to another flight attendant story. So Bailey, you know Bailey, 
that was on Big Brother. Yeah. That's when I started watching Big Brother because I heard there was a Delta flight attendant on Big Brother that summer. And that's when oh. I started watching it. And she was another one, Todd. She had to leave Delta because she hadn't been with the company. She was a flight attendant. She hadn't been with the company very long, so she couldn't get off for the summer. So it looks like she's done okay. Oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, she's yeah. another she one that, yeah. She's a Delta flight okay. attendant. Isn't that weird? Crazy fun, though. I, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even remember that, but I, I think that's also the very first season that Jess watched. And okay. he, so yeah, he, that's when he got sucked into Big Brother. At first, he was like, "This is stupid," but then, you know, like anything that's ridiculously entertaining, you can't, you can't stop watching. Yeah, and you get so, hooked yeah. on it, and you get hooked on the, the players, the characters. Yes. How long exactly. did it take? How long did it take Jess to watch your season? Because right now, Rob is watching a season a week for the Top Forty Countdown. How long did it take Jess to watch China? Um, well, we watched together, and so we weren't living together at the time. Um, so it was we would do probably like one night a week where we'd watch an episode. So it was, it was, it took some time, but he, it got to the point where he was like, I need to finish this. Like, I need to see what is happening. So, so yeah. But he already knew you won, right? He already knew you won. Yeah. yeah. He knew. He knew the spoilers. Um, but he, yeah, he, he told me, um, that as he was watching, he didn't understand how people weren't voting me out. So he almost thought <laughs> that I was joking. He was like, there's no way that you won. Like, there's no way. And so, you know, until he watched till the end. No, wait, wait. Meaning he thought they should vote you out because he knew you would win because you were that good? Or why does why was he thinking that they should have voted you out? Because I was like the sneaky one. Because okay. I was the one that was like pulling the strings. So he was like, these people are going to vote. He thought that I was like making something up. He was He thought I was making up the fact that I won. Because he was watching and he's like, how did you win when this is happening? So, yeah. yeah. Who's going to keep you there? Who would keep you there? Yes. Yes, exactly. I don't know. Uh, 15 fools. Hey, okay. So, so also I, I was looking at some of the players that you played with. And so I want to kind of do kind of a little fun thing. I want you, if you want to, give me like a, a a word or whatever comes to mind with some of these players that were on that was that were on China. You want to do it? Okay. Let's make yeah, it fun. yeah. Why not? Let's make it fun. Let's make it fun. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, Denise. Uh, I, I mean, I was going to say hockey, but I'll say uh, Budweiser. Okay. <laughs> Bud I was Miser? worried you were going to say custodian. <laughs> I mean, yes, but you know, Budweiser. Like, so Denise carries around a backpack of Budweiser anywhere yeah. she goes. Now, I've heard some good Denise stories like that. I've heard some guys. good Denise stories. That one, one I can say is that she came to. We did a live show in in Boston one time, and then just like randomly, like during the live show. She was just like yelling out the score of like the Bruins were playing uh, the Maple Leafs, I think, in the in a playoff game, and she was just like like in the middle of just like doing the podcast, just was like, "All right, five four, everybody!" <laughs> oh, Denise, I, she's a, she's a you know I love her. She is absolutely insane. 
insane, but she's she's a great person. Mm-hmm. She's she's just, there's a reason she was on TV because who is like where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Leslie. Amazing. Hi. She's just a beautiful soul. She's she's a wonderful woman. Eric. Cardboard. <laughs> Aaron. Uh, smile, smile. The OC. We we would call him uh, the OC because he would like he likes to pose in the sunsets, <laughs> hoping the camera would notice. Mm-hmm. Does anybody ever keep up with Aaron? He's like one of those like um, off the grid people. I feel like. I think the last time I heard from him was like two years ago and he was living in like Norway or something okay. weird like that. I don't know. He's married and has a baby now. I know that much. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. No good news is good news sometimes with these Survivor contestants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do follow him on, on Facebook and so I'll see his po- or post and, you know, like it and comment like, oh, you've got a cute family. So mm-hmm. he's happy by the looks of it. All right. Amanda? Um, gorgeous. She's just beautiful. Um, I was watching back a lot. By the way, have you ever listened to Rob's? Um, what's it called? The the something of what's it called? Rob Evolution Strategy. Evolution Evolution of Strategy. Evolution Strategy. So, um, Todd, I got Rob to send me the Evolution Strategy because it's been so long since China was owned that I thought I got to get you know I got to brush up on this right. So I listened to four hours, four hours, and then realized that I was on like day 11. So there's like 25 or 30, there's like 25 or 30 hours of this that that I I didn't finish at the very last because I know what happened. But I was wondering about Amanda. I don't see her. It doesn't seem like she smiled very much. She never looked really very happy to be there. That's a good. That's a good um, thing to point out because she doesn't smile a lot when she's in the jungle, which is <laughs> weird because in real life she's all smiles. So I think it's because she thinks a lot. I think she's always right. thinking while playing the game, and um, yeah. So like whenever I would go visit her out in California and you know spend a couple weeks with her, she is just a very happy happy fun loving just you know like we were just always laughing and joking i think like one of the funniest stories and i i hope you can put it on but like we would go to the beach and she she always had this problem where her her top one side would fall down and i would always have to i would call it the janet jackson check and she would just giggle and laugh and i'm like amanda yeah, like Amanda, your boob is hanging out again. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, whoops!" <laughs> like, and she would put it back. Well, yeah, you That's Amanda for you. It makes sense. I mean, the stress of the games because it seems like what she played three times. It seems like she, I never saw her smile very much. But hey, let's face it: Survivor's a very stressful game. That's for sure. It is. It's extremely stressful. Oh. And like, I can't imagine she went right back. You know, like she's one of those players who did back-to-back seasons. And so it's like, that can't be easy. Right. Okay. PG. Um, I got this PG, man. She's, she's crazy. (laughs) 
She is insane. And I love her. PG, she is crazy. Have you ever had a conversation with PG? <laughs> I've had many. What are they, how is she crazy? <laughs> PG is the most vulgar and blunt and outspoken human being in every possible way. Oh my God. But she is so honest, so honest. And she just spills in front of you. It's hilarious. She's amazing. I love PG. I love PG. Todd, did you know for second chances, well, I didn't make it out there with PG, but do you know that I was had kind of a pre-alliance because I was figured out everybody was doing all these pre-alliances. So I was in a pre-alliance with PG. How do you think that would have worked out? Okay, first of all, that would have been epic. And second of all, I want I do want to say like I am still to this day furious that you were not chosen. And I don't know how because some of the people that made it, it's like what? But anyway, um if you and PG played together, that would have been that it would have been amazing, you know. T-Bird, how come second chance. You say sometimes uh, that you didn't have any pregame alliances and well, then sometimes you're like, I, well, sometimes no, you do have pregame alliances. Well, I, Okay, so Rob, what happened was I kind of didn't have any pregame lights because I wanted to go into the game. <laughs> Who did we talk? Oh, Kelly Wigglesworth. When Kelly said people, we talked to uh, Wigglesworth yeah. from Vardio, Todd. And guess and what? I was on Clubhouse with Monica Padilla the other day, and she said she had yeah. a pregame alliance we, with you, too. Yeah. Well, okay, 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 okay. So, yes, let me just tell you. But then, then we got the podcast. Steve like, oh, no, I never had pregame alliances no, with anybody. Okay. I, I went into it like Wiggles. I thought, I'm going to wait till we get out there because you never, everything's going to change. And I'm one of these, if I give you my word, you know, that's the way I am. So I'm like, there's no need to be figuring all this out before we get out there. And then PG and Monica reached out to me and, you know, I guess everybody were doing these alliances. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I've got nothing. So yes, I was in a, a pregame alliance with Monica and PG. Yes. Okay, that's it. Well, that's it. There you go. Well, Terry Dietz did reach out to me, but I could <laughs> well, now looking hmm. back, looking back about Dietz, I could tell I was like way on the outside of the circle. Just thinking about some of the things he said to me, I thought, hmm. Okay, but anyway, all right. So, Todd, PG, I know you and PG are super awesome friends. Rob, have you got the yes. message ready? Yes. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, here we go. Here's uh, something special for Todd. Hi, oh, Todd. Guess who? It's your arch nemesis from Survivor China. This is PG Law. Who would have guessed that we'd turn out to be such great friends after all these years? <laughs> and I still can't believe you have my initials tattooed on your back. Make sure you tell them the story. Uh, I just want to say that I was so incredibly honored that you asked me to design your wedding rings. They're probably the favorite, my favorite piece of jewelry that I've ever designed. Uh, just because they were so incredibly meaningful, all the thought that you put into designing it. And I just, I just love how they turned out. Uh, I adore seeing you with Jess and it makes me just so happy to see how happy you are. Uh, I want you to know that I'm so incredibly proud of how far you've come and all your success with your amazing Funko Pops art. You are so talented, and I hope you know I'm your biggest supporter ever. 
I even let you talk me into driving out to Hollywood to get you some limited edition pops, oh my which I would literally <laughs> have never done for anyone else. Uh, and although I drew the line at standing in like a two hour line, I hope you appreciate the effort. <laughs> and I'm sorry I ended up not getting you your pops. Um, anyway, I always knew you would be wildly successful at whatever you put your heart into. Duh, why else do you think I kept trying to vote you off all the time? Because I knew you would win. Anyway, I love, love, love you. I love you guys too. Rob and T-Bird, thank you so much for letting me come on to say hi. Bye. Oh, thank you, PG. Well, she wasn't that vulgar. Was awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, well, I've again, I freaking love Peachy. She's one of the greatest humans on the planet. Tell me Man, about the tattoo. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So I have um a, a whole bunch of tattoos on my back. So a lot of people don't know that. Um. But um, a few, like there's a line of just letters and they're the initials of people who have inspired me in life. And, um, I told her like one day we were hanging out, having dinner or something. And I was like, she was like, you don't even like me that much. And I was like, PG, I have your name tattooed on me. And she was like, no, you don't. And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. And I showed her and she was like, that's not what that means. That's your city. And I was like, PG, look at the other initials. And there was Courtney Yates and like some of my friends that she knows. And um, she was like, she almost started bawling. She was just so like, I can't believe you would do this. And I was like, I, I love you. And this is just a way for me to like show my personal diary, which was my tattoos like of who i respect and love in this world and so yeah that's that's pg on my back <laughs> wow and, and and you mentioned the tattoo so that was another thing that frosty said that he had designed you a tattoo um and that it's basically it was it's two birds coming together right because you guys were hanging yes. out a lot and you're such good friends but I think that what Frosty told me, it was supposed to be like a softball size. But when y'all got to the tattoo to the artist, they needed to make it like 40 to 50 percent bigger than it was. And you're and Frosty's like, no, no, no worries. You don't need to do it. And he goes, no, I'm having the whole thing on my back because he said he wants you to be there forever. That's what you told Frosty. Yes. I well, love that. I, Again, like, you know, I, I absolutely love and adore Frosty. And so he designed it. And because we were talking about tattoos and, you know, of course, we were like in our 20s. Yo, bro, like, I want a tattoo on this and this. And this. anyway, he designed it. And I was like, oh, I want this. I'm going to get this in my body. Because it's two birds that come together to form one big bird. Um, but they're like kind of Mayan looking. And um, one's black and one's white, and it stands for like the good and the bad inside, you know, you like yin and yang type thing. Um, and so we went to go get it, and this thing is massive, like it's big on my back. Um, and it took four hours to get done. And then when I got back to his house in Chicago, um, I was sleeping on his couch, and his couch is leather. So I was sleeping with my back, obviously, on the couch, and I woke up and I sat sat up and I'm not kidding you. My back was 
stuck to his leather couch and I had to peel mm. off, basically. But there is a permanent imprint of that tattoo, like of the ink on his leather couch. Okay, so his, ca- his couch has a permanent <laughs> tattoo as well. Perfect! That yes. is, that's true friendship yeah. there. I love it's the that. The two birds. The two birds. Yes. Birds of a feather. Birds of a feather. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Courtney. Oh, sassy, fierce, fabulous, wonderful, and alien. Alien? Yeah, I swear she's an alien. She's not from this planet. <laughs> she's not. She's she's definitely from a different planet. She has not aged since she was twenty one. Like mm-hmm. she's almost forty. Like this this woman is amazing. Um she has all these crazy, insightful spiritual intuition things. I'm like, you're just you're not human. So I believe she's uh, an alien among us. And Todd, wow. I know and I know you mean that in a beautiful way. I can tell you oh, yeah. do. She she agrees in that like she loves that i say that i mean she calls herself the white witch so i haven't met courtney i know lex is really good friends with courtney and i know you're really good friends with courtney i've not met her but i really really want to i i hope i get to i hope i get to she's wonderful she's absolutely wonderful i mean her and i we we went to peru together um and we got to sit on like the the walls of Machu Picchu together, which was amazing. Uh-huh. And we went on a Caribbean cruise together. I mean, her and I have done an awful lot together. Okay. Frosty. Oh, just Birdman. Birdman. Stud. <laughs> yeah. To- he's a total stud in every way possible. He's, a, he's, uh, I, I have nothing bad about these people. <laughs> well, you know, except for that word. Just kidding. Uh, Except for who? What did you say? I, I nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just mumbling. Right. James? James? Beast. All right. Very good. Hey, anything else for Todd? No. Let me think. Oh, I wanted to tell him that um, Sandra, uh, Sandra and the Queen Space Queen says that uh, you turned her on to hummus and pita chips because she had never okay. had any before. Um. And I thought this was kind of interesting what she told me. She said that her and Vesepia were somewhere at Cocoa Beach and and that you had gone up to them to get their autograph years prior to you being on Survivor and that you actually told Sandra and the Queen Stays Queen, I'm going to be on the other side of that table one day. And then Sandra yes. said, and he freaking did. Mm. <laughs> yes. I, that- I went to uh, an event in Cocoa Beach when I was 20 and I carried around a bag of buffs and I had all these people sign it um, and I was like I'll, I will see you soon <laughs> you know we we hear that yeah. and we're like yeah we will woohoo um, <laughs> you got it you got it buddy wow and you did and you did it and you did it yeah, that's I, did. Amazing. I didn't know yeah. that story and one yeah yeah I I I literally would like I I dreamt of going to the, this event to meet survivor people and mm-hmm. I did and it was super freaking exciting and then Nalia was from Utah and I she worked for the news station and whenever she would do anything local I would go stalk her and so <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Are you and Nalia still in contact with each other? 
we do chat once in a while. She lives like way up north in Utah. So it's like she lives in Egypt, basically. But yes, we chat once in a while. She's a sweetheart. You manifested it, Todd, and you made it happen. I mean, I, I believe gotta, in you that. Gotta believe. I, you gotta believe. And I guess this is the last thing, Rob, I wanted to tell him what, mm-hmm. what um, somebody said about it. But I talk, I've talked to quite a few from your season, and they, of course, love you dearly. Um, but Leslie Neese said, I'm so thankful I had Todd on my tribe. Our chats about Survivor used to get us in so much trouble. The producers would tell us two huge Survivor fans to stop talking about previous seasons because they weren't going to be able to use any of the footage. She said it was from having another super fan to talk with, plot with, and suffer with in the muddy jungles of China was fun. I made a friend for life. Survivor family is the absolute best. Todd will always be my Survivor son. Oh. Yeah. Leslie. I love her. Rob, did that help? You know what, Todd? I remember when we were playing in Africa, the third season. I don't know how many times. You know, Kelly Goldsmith was a huge Uh Survivor fan, just like you. And she was would always talk about what happened. Or Brandon would be talking about the seasons prior, and the producers said over and over, "You guys, we can't use any of this. Stop talking about it." So I can. I remember the producers saying that to us. So that made sense when Leslie told me that. It's, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Wow. Well, um, I've got to say two fun things for you guys. Mm-hmm. First, Rob, um, my first buff was from Amazon. Yes. And it was because it was because it was my favorite season and you were my favorite player. Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, the, so, uh, I really uh, appreciate that, Todd. I, I, that I will always remember the first time I got to meet you. That uh, do you remember where it was? Um, in LA, right? Yes, at the ten year anniversary party. Is so excited to yes, that meet was the Todd. very first one. Yes, and I think and I then, just yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think I I had not watched your season when it had aired, but. Uh, I had seen it, uh, I think, recently, right before I had met you. So it was very exciting to uh, to meet Todd in the flesh. Todd, well, Todd, I, do you have a tattoo on your back for Rob, representing Rob? Not Even yet, but yet, I will. Not I'm yet. Get a hash- I'll get a hashtag um, our hat. Yes. 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 <laughs> and then, Perfect. T-Bird, I still have your TV guide. And... Uh. It's in a, it's like in a special little place. Like I, yes. So I'm still like, I still am a giant survivor nerd, but if you guys were able to see all of my like survivor collection from before I was ever on the show, you'd be like, Oh gosh, you, you're one of them. (laughs) So yes. I I think Sandra said you have every buff from every season, every torch, voting urns, everything survivor. When you have parties, you have everything. Oh, I mean, I had everything, but it was all homemade because I couldn't afford that crap. Oh, oh you no. made it! Yes, and, Todd, you've watched was, every was, season these last couple of years. You never miss one. Never miss one. No. Oh wait, we had to ask him, Rob. Do you what? want to play again, Todd? Do you want to play again? Have you been contacted since Survivor China? Um. So yes, I have been contacted a few times, um, and I've always said yes. And I would like to play again. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not like 
sitting here waiting for it to happen. But mm-hmm. if it were to happen, I would absolutely love it. So yes, I would love to. Did they, uh, you know, even want to check in and get your availability on Winners at War, or do they already know exactly uh, who they wanted? Oh, well, the email that I got was, hey, do you have your um, crap together? And (laughs) my response was, yes. And their response was, good. Looking forward, legend. And that was it. Okay. So. So that kind of built you up, right? Of course. I mean, that yeah, built you up. I mean, of course Bittersweet it message. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me, I was like, I was like, hey, at least they're just checking to make sure that I'm, you know, alive. That's cool. Um, I, I recently got asked to do a different show and it was like a complete bizarre thing. But the challenge? Yeah. I, I, I mean, no. No. Okay. Was, I it, said CBS? No. Like, was I it a said, CBS show? No, Rob, you were right, but I said no. Oh! Oh! Wow! Wow, Todd, that's wild. Todd, why why did you say no, Todd? Um, Because of work, and I don't know if I want to go be in any kind of a party scene on television. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, You know, just be safe, like, protect myself. Yeah. And those challenges are intense also, Todd. Yeah, no, I mean, I also don't want to die. <laughs> I'm 36. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to die. <laughs> you guys, don't we all have, don't you have to be in really, like, awesome? When I think of the challenge, I think of Natalie, and, and I know Jay Starrett did it. Don't you have to be, like, amazing, amazing? I guess or something. Or, yeah, or what big. Are you, what are you guys, what are you guys hinting at? Are you sitting here saying that I'm not in shape? No, I'm <laughs> saying, I'm saying that I, I feel like that I would, and not that I say that I'm in great shape, but I feel like that, uh, like I feel the people that are on the challenge are like, you know, six, six and like, uh, it's like going into the WWE. Uh, no, I know. And that's why I had to laugh about the entire situation because I thought it was a joke. And then I was like, no, I could do that. And then I was like, no, I can't do that. And then I was like, you know what? I bet I could. And I would. I just don't feel like now is the time. Well, okay. Todd, I wasn't saying anything about your physical, you know, your physical. I know, oh, I know. Saying, I'm, but, teasing. But, I'm teasing. But even, I'm but, teasing. But, but, but Todd, even when you did your um, final travel uh, speech, you were saying, I knew coming into it, I wasn't the most physical, but I could be the most strategic. Yeah, so maybe I you could just, just like, I do think you have to win a, a a challenge to advance, but maybe Todd could figure out like a, a whole oh, different no way doubt. path to the end. No doubt he couldn't figure um, that out. That's for sure. No, All right. Like, yeah. Maybe Big Brother. Then like Jess would be excited. You could, could watch Listen, live feeds. Yeah. I yeah, Big would Brother would be perfect love, for you, Todd. Of course. I've done rehab so many times. Like, I can sit in a house. Big Brother's like I'm nothing. Good. Yeah, it's, it's a cakewalk. Yeah, oh, you yeah. would be great. That okay. would be great. Todd, where could people check out everything you're doing uh, with the pop figures? So if you, I have an Instagram specifically for my pops. It's at Todd's Pop Shop. And it's where I post all of my new pops. Um, you can also just find them on Facebook. So yeah, um, or you can message me at Todd's Pop Shop at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, if people are curious about ordering, yeah. they just send me a photo of what you want and I will price it for you. 
let you know because they all vary in price. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, send me a photo of what you want, and I will let you know yeah. what what the deal is. And Todd's five months behind, so uh, put yeah. your orders in for Christmas pretty That's soon. Right? Don't wait around. That's hey, right. Last year I was booked through Christmas in July, so I'm mm-hmm. assuming it's going to be similar to that. Yeah. All right. Yep. So yeah. Very good. Yeah, Todd, it's so nice to hear from you, and it's so nice to hear that you're doing well. Hey, this has been super awesome, and I'm just very glad that you guys had me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Todd, thanks so much. Hey, Todd, post uh, mine and Rob's pop together. Okay, I will. Our <laughs> I will. Put yes. them together there. Yes. All right, Todd, thank you so much. Yeah. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm serious. Thank you. This was awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Todd. All the best, okay? Bye, Todd. All right. Love you guys. All right. Love you too, Todd. Bye. Bye. All right, T-Bird. How about that, Todd Herzog? Yeah, well, that was great. Yes. So much information for Todd. Uh, it's so neat to talk to him now at 34. What, everything he's come through since he played he was 22 well actually look it's not easy we talked about fabio last week you know when you're that young and you win all that money like it's um what i mean the winner of my season jenna maraska she went through uh, a hard time also you know you are a very young person you haven't experienced much life you have fame you have money sometimes it's a dangerous combination well you know what rob that makes a lot of sense it's kind of like you know child actors Mm -hmm. you know they get you know, they do so much at such a young age. And for Todd, I know I say he was 22 when he played, but what for some reason, what I think about, he was actually 15 when he started manifesting and working toward this dream to come true. Mm-hmm. And when you make, when you have that dream come true, not just being on it, the show, but winning, where do you go? I mean, like you said, between the money and the fame and accomplishing something you've wanted to do for so long, I can see where you'd be a little bit you know, trying to find your way. So it's so great to see where he is that he's so happy and he's married to Jess. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy, happy for him. All right, T-Bird. What's next for you? Well, let's see. I'm working on one for next week, Rob. I'm really excited. I know, I know what you're going to say. T-Bird, you're excited about all of them. Yes, I am. And I'm, Excited about the one we've got for next week. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be all over the place. Between, between Rob, you're going to have to relax for the week. And I know you're going to be watching another Survivor season, but I think next week's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I'm very excited uh, about uh, the next one that you have lined up because it's somebody who is on my original list yes! of people I was asking you to look for. Oh, okay. So, yes, the original list is a list of only 12 names before we started season one. This person is number was number three. I still have the list, Rob. Yeah. Number three on Rob's original list of 12. So you guys get ready. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, T-Bird, very excited about that one. Anything else you want to tell the listeners? Um. Get your Taco with T-Bird t-shirts. Yes. Yes. Do you already have your uh, T-Bird merch? I do not. Okay. They'll be there soon. But, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. But I saw, a, uh, oh gosh, I want to say the cute little girl's name had it on last night. I saw it on Twitter and I'm thinking, oh, I love it. It looked matched her hair and it was just cute. So yes, I'm looking forward to that. All right. You can and- check that out in the uh, Rob Has a Podcast shop at 
robhaswebsite.com slash shop to check out the uh, T-Bird merch there. Of course, uh, so much going on here on uh, Rob Has Podcast. And uh, we're going to be talking about the 32nd best season of Survivor, Survivor Ghost Island. I know that Todd's husband didn't like it uh, when he first watched it, but we'll be uh, talking about that on Wednesday night. T-Bird, over the weekend on Robin and Keeping the Podcast, we played Match Game. Yes, yes. I know you're a fan of the game shows. I know when you were on Card Sharks, I saw Reddit found that your episode of Card Sharks must have aired recently. Yes. You know, I figured Card Sharks, when I first saw it years and years ago, I thought, all you have to do is know either go figure out a 50-50 shot, higher or lower. I think I could do that. Yeah. 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 Well. Did you win? Well, I was, I think I was owned for three days. And I, I won. Oh, you must have for, won a lot then. For back in the day, for back in the day, this was back in the early 80s. But in the 80s, Rob, mm-hmm. I think I won like $18,000. Wow. Now, yes, that money's no longer there. I had to stay on with Delta. But that was a lot of money back then. So yeah. that knee was yeah. great. It's yeah. great. Uh, so, yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Look at you, T-Bird. All right. Yeah. Um, we got so much going on. Rob is a podcast. It's a new month. Great time to become a patron of a Rob is a podcast. Uh, check out everything we're doing over at Rob has a website.com slash patron T bird. Anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Take care. Everybody great. have a good one. Bye. Bye. If you Support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure, you're doing it's hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance, and it's a good thing too because you're busy enough. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today.